Hello and welcome to the Post Up Podcast. This is Cyrus Rogers with Kaunda Chama. As always, we are here from Johannesburg, South Africa, and we're giving you the NBA action, all things NBA from an African perspective. Kaunda Chama, how are you, man? I'm good. And just you saying Johannesburg, South Africa, I think we need to start recording this in every major city on the continent. So, like, next week we should be in Harare, Zimbabwe, then we move to Pindok, <laughs> Namibia. You as, know what I'm saying? As we make that, that Africa tour happen. I mean, not a bad idea. Not yeah. a bad idea. But, um, you know, today's podcast is going to be an interesting one. And hopefully everybody from Johannesburg all the way through to Cairo will enjoy this. And we want to be worldwide, too. So, wherever you're listening to this, please enjoy. Uh, we're going to be talking about six big questions for the rest of the regular season. Huge. Uh, Huge questions. So, Count and I both have questions. It'll be three questions each, and we'll be tackling these in terms of what we can look out for, um, things that should be happening, what we could be expecting, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also give you an insight as to what we're thinking about as the rest of the regular season rolls on. Um, Kaunda, I did ask you how you were doing. You didn't respond. I'm great. Uh, I'm always good. Uh, when we talk about basketball, we talk about the NBA, mm-hmm. WNBA. Fever. I'm good. Well, that's what we do because <laughs> ball is life. Um, yes. And yeah, uh, uh, thanks for asking. I'm good too. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you're good. Well, let's get into it then, Kaunda. Um, should we give everybody our social media handles first and foremost so they can send us some questions, sounds, hit us up, tell us right. how much they think we're awesome? Um, sounds right. At Post Up Podcast on Twitter, at Post Up Zone on Instagram, and at Post Up Zone on Facebook. Um, Kaunda, let's give you the honors of starting with the first really big question. Um, go for it, man. Yes, uh, and because you're a fan, I love this one. Uh, Cyrus, can the Warriors stage a comeback when Steph is healthy again? Because let's not forget, I know we don't say this in basketball, but they are the defending champions. Because in yeah. basketball, everybody starts off at zero again on the new season. But because they got the, the last They've got that chip. They're defending champions. Do, Enough said. Do, do you think with their current performance, uh, they can be contenders again? So that's a really, really interesting question, Kaunda. Because um, maybe it's the pessimist in me that will answer first and foremost. But I look at this Warriors team, and especially after that loss to the Lakers, which was, it was crushing. Not Why? because because not LeBron because, was in it. No, no, not that. I LeBron, he's beaten <laughs> us before. But more so because after the trade deadline, obviously everything's done. You can't really. I mean, you can, you, you can bring in some buyout guys and that sort of thing. Yeah. But the Warriors don't seem to be in a position to to contest in a lot of games, um, and it's been a really strange season for them. Steph's been there. He's been injured. He's been there. I mean, right now their record is 29 and 30. They're below 500 again. Um, and they've just been teetering at that 500 just below. They haven't gotten much past 500. I don't even know if they've been like three games above 500 this season. So how do you defend a championship if you can't even win games, let alone try and stay in the play off places? Because yeah. right now, as we record this, they've dropped to 10th spot. So they are, I say dropped, but they're in 10th spot in the West. It's better than 13th. Well, marginally, everything's pretty close right now. <laughs> but um, but 10th might as well be 13th. I mean, they're, they're in the play-in places, right? Mm, mm. And so they need somebody like Steph to come back real soon. Um, and I think that there's, there's been a weird thing. Obviously, you had the punch to begin, to begin the season, and, and that's dis- destabilized that everything. Is really a factor, Cyrus? So let's, let's go back to it, right? Yeah. It might not be a factor now in terms of interpersonal stuff. 
but their record now is built off what happens right from the beginning of the season. So the first few weeks, you're dealing with the fallout of all of that stuff. Yeah. Then the guys might find a way to you know put sort that stuff out. aside, sort it out, and what have you. Mm-hmm. Then there's form issues. So you'd have Jordan uh, Jordan Peele not playing the way he's supposed to be playing. Jordan Peele. Damn it. Jordan Peele is the other one. That I tried. Love. I was like, it can't be Peele. <laughs> no, it's Poole. It's Poole. Yes, obviously Jordan Poole. But Jordan Poole's really been, um, he, he's been bad. And this is a guy they've paid. They've paid him to try and and be at the level that they need him to be at. You know, perennial, either sixth man of the year con- contender, yep. or at least, you know, sort of semi-starter who, you know, really gives them big performances. We haven't seen enough of that. Uh-huh. Um, Andrew Wiggins has now suddenly, re- you know, regressed from all of the effort he was giving uh, all the way through to the NBA Finals, where people were even thinking about him being a you know, Finals MVP at some point. He's not been playing at the same level. Um, and it's hard for some people to, to you, really pick themselves up. It could be that post-championship regression where you gave it all, you won it all, then you're yeah, like, I, I, I definitely I think back? so. I definitely think so. I think he, he doesn't quite have that same hunger that the other guys had. Okay. And, and weirdly, though it wasn't on a championship winning thing, I think a similar thing happened to the Hawks. And Trey Young mentioned this when they were made it to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years back. Uh-huh. Where suddenly the regular season just doesn't feel like it's worthwhile anymore because you want to be there in the real mix of things in the playoffs. Because you've pushed Giannis and the Bucks to the brink exactly. of almost losing it all. So you feel like you deserve to be there playing those games because they really matter as opposed to these regular season games, which is a building process. You know, yeah. you, It's the building blocks. And I think that in, in some ways, Wiggins might have had that. Okay. And obviously, you know, they've had their changes in terms of certain players leaving and coming back. Uh, you know, <laughs> like Gary Payton II, um, you know, guys like JTA are gone. You've got people who... So this Warriors team is not the same team from last year. They're also a little bit older and they haven't improved themselves. I think mm-hmm. signing Dante DiVincenzo was a fantastic move, mm-hmm. but it's not a needle mover. So when you ask, do I think that, you know, when Steph comes back, Will they be like contenders? Yeah. I honestly don't think so. I don't think this Warriors team has enough in it to beat teams out in the West. I think, uh, and and I mean this consistently. Like there's certain games where I think, okay, fine, maybe these guys can, uh, they'll 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 be able to get past certain teams. But how do they match up against the Phoenix Suns? Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant isn't back yet from injury, but all things being equal, do the Warriors have enough guys to stop KD from scoring? And if it's not KD, Devin Booker, and, you know, you look at those things, then they still have problems with dealing with a DeAndre Ayton when he's playing uh, in the low post. Yeah. Uh, and, and then Chris you Paul with his shots. You Looney, it's, exactly. it's problems. So, yes, the, the Warriors have a great um, ability to shoot teams uh, to smithereens with the three-point shots. Yeah. But... That hasn't necessarily been a, a real strength for them this season. It's not like they're out there killing every team with three-pointers. So I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. But like I said, maybe it's just the pessimistic Warriors fan in me right now who's like, oh man, doom and gloom. Okay. So if I may borrow a phrase from one of my favorites from out west, they're not fine in the west. <laughs> <laughs> no, to paraphrase the Jamorant, they're not fine in the west. <laughs> they're not, they're not uh, fine no, the west, they might not even make it into the playing game if 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 injury stuff doesn't get sorted out soon and 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 form still dips. Look, if history is to be followed, the Warriors don't do well in a playing situation. No, so no, let's they don't. hope they don't wind up there. Let's hope they don't wind up there, and maybe they just wind up in the playoffs and and see what they can do from there. But 
Look, Cyrus, if, if you ask me... And I was uh, just about to. It's, 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 it's a bit of a touch and go for them. Mm. It, it's, it's one of those, you know, post-championship uh, situations where everything is in the air. Uh, there's been some missed opportunities. I think they could have made some really nice moves at the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, well, the one Instead move, of the moves the that one they moves, made. The, the one major move that they made by bringing back a defensive player who's, who was really good for them uh, in the championship run, uh, now it looks as if they might have gotten it was a mistake. Uh, it was, it a, was mistake. a mistake, and then they they really haven't uh, beefed up their front court. Nope. All the championship winning, uh, well, most of them, apart from the most uh, recent one, the championship winning warrior teams have had a good big man in them, right? Yeah. Uh, apart from the most recent one where the big man was Kevon Looney, big shout and, out. And, and he was superb. He was superb, but you know you can't expect him to do that all of the time, right? Yeah. And, 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 and I think it's a problem because they can't also just be waiting for one man. Yeah. Because when Steph comes, Steph can, can Steph, yes, but he also needs the supporting cast. And, and this is the other thing, in the sense that Clay has had some really great games as oh, of late. Yeah. So he, he seems to have found some good form and, and is actually probably better now than he was last season when they won the championship. Yes, yes, Draymond definitely. had an absolute terrible start to the season and he's picked up and he's actually in a good place. Mm-hmm. But even he had some struggles in the finals last season. So yeah. you don't know what's happening with Draymond. And it's for me, it's always been about what happens with that bench unit. And right now... I'm not looking at the Warriors bench thinking, oh, at least we've got this game breaker or that game breaker. I think that like um, Dante DiVincenzo is a good, um, he's a good, uh, he's a good player. I like him. I, I mean, I'm a Bucks guy as well in terms of like teams that I like to watch and yeah. what have you. And he was good for them, so I think he's he's got the pedigree, but he's just not the kind of guy who will take over a game and and win it for you. And that's where they need mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, right? Yeah, <laughs> not Jordan Peele. Jordan Poole <laughs> to come to the front, my bad, um, and and really lead these te- the, the team to wins um, and find some real form. So I'm just not sure that, that that's there, Kay. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of on your side with this one, especially because these guys have beaten my LeBron-led uh, Cavaliers and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, maybe how, I agree with How does this make you feel? Happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave that where it is. I'm going to go to my first question then, Kaunda. Right. You and your hateration. Um, yeah. Here's the question. Is the MVP contest a three-horse race between Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid? And if not, who else should be in there? Cyrus, at the moment, as much as I would love the narrative to include one of the oldest players in the league because he broke a major record and, you know... Like I had said on on one of our podcasts. (laughs) So it it should shift to him being included in the discussion. I'm also a realist. And and, and at the moment, Cyrus, if you ask me, realistically, it's a two-horse race. I I, I reckon there's something about Embiid. uh, Maybe it's him bad-mouthing one of the greatest players in NBA history in Hakeem Olajuwon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But I think his MVP caliber performances have tapered off quite a a little bit. And and if you ask me, Nikola Jokic and uh, Yanis Atatokounmpo seem to be in the lead somewhat. It it might just be my, you know, uh, subjective way of looking at it because, first of all, I was shocked at what he said. Second of all, um, 
I, I think him playing alongside a rejuvenated uh, James Harden, he's had to share the ball more, yeah. uh, you know, share the spotlight more, and that might take away from his, you know, him being a major uh, MVP contender. And he's not a scoring leader like he was last season, so maybe so, that's the situation. I, I, I don't know, Cyrus. I'm really happy that you brought that up, right? Because. He isn't the scoring leader right now. It's Nikola Jokic, right? It's uh, no, it's it's Luka Doncic. It's Luka Doncic, now, but yeah. he's right behind him by point two okay. of a percentage point. So he's still up there, counter. I mean, he's averaging thirty three points a game. Okay. So weirdly, I I, I kind of get you though. I think, and this is something we spoke about last week as well. He's not taking over games. Mm -hmm. So he's playing he's sort impactful. of almost... No, he's impactful. He's, he's winning games for his team, yeah. but he's not necessarily dominating the games. So, and, and that's really, unfortunately, where some of the, the, the MVP discussion goes. Like, is he dominating the game? Are we seeing enough of Joel Embiid? Uh -huh. And the Philadelphia 76ers are doing well enough. I mean, you know, when you look at the Eastern Conference, they're sitting in third spot, and they're only like three games back from the number one seed Celtics. As there we you record go. this, two games back from, from the Bucks. So th they're playing at a high level. Mm -hmm. And Embiid is pulling up some serious scoring numbers. But what's intriguing, though, mm -hmm. is that um, when you look at it in that regard, you have to look at it from the efficiency perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also the eye test. He, he seems not as locked in this year. He's not playing yeah. to the crowd. He's not doing all the other stuff. And perhaps he feels like the sort of almost third wheel, uh, to your point, because yeah. you've got Giannis doing incredible stuff, and yeah. then um, Jokic just going berserk. Yeah, and, and and I think that that'll that that that'll affect you as a player, especially if you take time to listen to the media and what what the fan narrative is. So it, it could affect you. It, it, it could affect your morale somewhat, Cyrus, yeah. and, and and how you approach games and how you play. Because I mean. First of all, we know Joel Embiid to be one of those players who learned how to work the crowd as well, work mm -hmm. the fan base. He, like the WWE. He, he, well, not really. He, he, does it. He, he does use some of those, <laughs> those same crowd maneuvers. Um, he was out there using some of the same, uh, uh, let's call it body language. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think unless he starts using the John Cena, you can't see me. Uh, he's, he's, every he's, time he's a he fan of a you. few of the other guys. So, so like for instance, if you know Triple H at all, of he course. uses he uses the the DX. Cyrus, um, how dare you? So you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, yeah, how dare me? For real, for real. But <laughs> but he's still you know he's still yeah. out there working them like like a heel. But I think this is the other thing in the sense that it's not enough. You, you, yeah, feel, you feel it's I, not I, enough. I feel it's not enough and, and I feel he can do more. And like you said, the, I think the most important statement you've made about Joel Embiid is he's not taking over games. Mm. Because that was actually the platform that would make you see him, if you yeah. understand what I mean. Because yeah. when he would take over games and score and then he 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 would start taunting the crowd and mm. everybody would go either crazy in his favor or crazy against him and, and then he was putting up performances as well that really cemented him in last season's uh mvp discussion yeah. but this season is like maybe he's got his head down and he's saying okay i'm gonna work with james harden and we're gonna do what we can he's do. playing the team game yeah so he's playing the team game as opposed to the mvp game but maybe intriguingly though didn't he um get the better of Nikola Jokic in their matchup, their most recent matchup, and, and score big in that game. Yep. And so it was one of those where like, he's like, yeah, you can call him MVP, but look at what I'm doing to him. Um, interesting point, though. Okay, so, so you think 
it's a two-horse race between Jokic and Giannis. At the moment, yes. I mean, Cyrus, we've only just passed the halfway mark. Things can change. You know what well, I mean? Well, there's 20, it, it, 20, it's, 20 odd games left. It's, we're it's not we're way past based. halfway. It's not all based on pre-All-Star. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's also that post-All-Star push, no, which exactly. could change things around. But yeah, Cyrus... Nikola Jokic and Yanis and are doing things. No, they definitely are. In <laughs> you, fact, you can't ignore it. Jokic is averaging a triple-double right now. There you go. And and the last player who averaged a triple-double in the season won an MVP. He did In so. Russell Westbrook. He should have actually won two, but that's another discussion for another time. Uh, I ain't having that discussion. But, yeah, averaged a triple-double, did his thing. Jokic is now doing it. And that was on a Thunder team that wasn't performing well. I think they finished sixth that season. Yep. This is a Nuggets team that's number one in the West, and he's averaging a triple-double. So uh, here I am making the case for, for Nikola Jokic. Before I, I go into how I view this as well, mm-hmm. um, I think Embiid is in the, the MVP Do you discussion. think he's a strong contender, though? I think he's got an outside bet. Okay, and the okay. reason I say this is, so Jokic might have that recency bias in terms of he's won two straight. Do we really give him a third? Is he Larry Bird, you know, in terms of because he's one of the few guys who's done three in a row MVPs. Uh-huh. Um, but Embiid is eighth in the NBA in in uh, in blocks. Mm-hmm. So he's really doing something from a blocks perspective. Yeah. yeah. So he's not only an offensive problem, he's a defensive problem. Exactly. Exactly. Then he's 10th in rebounds. Uh, not okay. particularly great, but you know he's he's still in the top ten. Ten of the NBA. out of four hundred players, Cyrus. That, that that is pretty cool. At his size, he could and should be a bit bit higher up because he he should be grabbing a heck of a lot more. But being second behind Doncic in the scoring um, stakes in points per game, it, it um, talks a lot. averaging thirty three points per game, says a hell of a lot about where he is, what he's doing, and how how well he's playing. Because if you look at it, I mean. You know, he's he's shooting at a, at a 53% field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. That's damn high. Um, considering that Doncic is shooting at 50.5. Uh-huh. Right? So, y- you you really see how well he's played. But I'm making the case for Embiid. I, I, I think it is a three-horse race. Okay. I don't think anybody else could. I, I know I made the point about if LeBron managed to get the Lakers to like the sixth seed and his scoring, like because he's eighth in, in the scoring charts right now. Um, and he, I mean, he's averaging, I think, one of the highest so, so, points so, so, percentages of his, so, so of his career. So now that it's becoming a possibility, you're backtracking. Well, what do you mean? That he he could get the Lakers no, in the sixth it's, seed. And, it's, and, I, I've, I've said it from a narrative perspective. Oh, because right, right. winning the scoring championship, I think for me, or rather being the, the all-time scoring leader in NBA history, mm-hmm. is a thing. Yes, and I think sense. that you do that. And, and the NBA has obviously rewarded like a Russell Westbrook for a triple-double season yep. um, with being MVP. Because mm-hmm. it's not something that happens every day. No. So this w- could be like if LeBron. So the point I was going to make is I think he's got an outside bet. I think if you're going to try and shoehorn him in to the conversation, he could be the fourth contender okay. within this. But I don't think he's close to like a Joel Embiid. And I don't think he's close to Giannis or, or, or Jokic. Um, but let's look at LeBron. I mean, he's averaging right now 29.6 points per game. Um, which is pretty high for him at 80, 38, I almost called him 83, 38 <laughs> years old. Um, and and that's really an incredible stat. So you, you can see he's definitely doing a lot of the scoring. Um, but he's 15th in assists, mm-hmm. you know, which is not bad at all. I mean, this is a guy who, 
he shares the ball because he loves to share the ball. Yep. So, you know, you add a few things from there. The Lakers climb up the standings. If the Lakers could do something insane, like finish in, I mean, fourth let's spot. See, like fourth, yeah, like fourth. Imagine that. It's not impossible. If I'm just trying to do the maths here. Um, okay, fourth spot might be out of. It's you know, a lot of work. It's a, it's a it's lot of work a with 20 odd games. But. It's not impossible. They're like, what, five games? I think five games back from, from, from fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Um, but if they manage to get there, his name is going to be in those MVP discussions. Now, to go back to the guys, I think, who are the real uh, contenders here. Mm-hmm. Um, in Giannis and, and, and Jokic. Giannis, for me, is the guy I would still pick as the MVP right now. I think Jokic is sensational. I ain't taking anything away from him. And I know Tate, who's been listening to us uh, in Denver, in Colorado. Won't um, be happy. Won't be happy again. He always wants us to talk talk, talk some good stuff about his nuggets. But... What he, up, Tate? Here's what I will say. The, Giannis is third in the scoring ranks. So yep. we talked about Joel Embiid being up there. Mm-hmm. Giannis is third. He's averaging 31.8 points per game. Boom. He had that one stretch where he was averaging something like 40 points a game. He was just killing everybody. But Giannis is more than just a scoring machine. Yep. Giannis is third in the NBA in rebounds per game. Hmm. Not bad. Not too Guy his size, he should be up there. (laughs) Well, here's something else. Let's look at blocks per game. And Giannis... Oh, Lord. Why am I scrolling so far down? Giannis is not making my life any easier. So blocks per game, he ain't it. I meant to say assists, uh, assists per game. Not necessarily his stats this season, but just this season he became the Milwaukee Bucks all-time assists leader. Okay. So there's all of these other narrative things around how he shares the ball, how he brings players into the game as well, mm-hmm. and how well he's doing defensively because he's also potentially in, in Defensive Player of the Year contention in some shape because of the way he teams have to adjust around him and some people say yeah well you know he's not necessarily the blocks leader that's uh, his teammate Brook Lopez is up there mm-hmm. because Brook Lopez is the third but Giannis is one of those guys who uh, adjusts shots gets deflections puts pressure on on these these guys so I think that when you look at Giannis's all-around campaigning his ability to do just about everything and anything for his team you put that with Jokic's ability to do that because he's averaging a triple-double and you'll look at them and say, okay, if there's voter fatigue, it's got to be Giannis. Absolutely, yeah. I think I can't argue with that. I, I think it would be interesting if Jokic takes it because of the back-to-back-to-back. So, so I know this isn't part of the, the questions, but why shouldn't he? No, I mean, there's nothing wrong in doing so. It's just like, obviously, people always like a change and see somebody mm. new take it. But if you're performing... Then, you know, I mean, look, look, look I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to go way off topic and say Michael Jordan would win finals MVP every championship that he won. Yeah. So that's three times in a row with a break and three times in a row again. But, but, but it was, you, it was you're performing, obvious. You're performing, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying about Nikola Jokic. If he's performing, then he's performing. Give it to him. And it, it, it'd be great if he does. Well, it definitely would be. I mean, for us who are non-Americans... You know, we'd be like, you see, international guys really do this thing <laughs> too. But that's, yeah, I think Giannis is going to be the MVP for a lot of different reasons. Um, and, also a and, non-American, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, a hell of a player. And, and I think that that's one of the things that will be really interesting to watch because from now to the end of the regular season, it's going to be an absolute burn fight. I think these guys are going to be really going for it. So here's another reason why I think Embiid has an outside bet. Giannis mm-hmm. is still nursing that hand injury that he picked up. We don't oh, know yes. how long he's going to be out for. That might hamper his MVP um, aspirations. aspirations yeah. Jokic is still playing at a high level. He's still fit. He's still going. So he might go back to back to back. Wow. But if you're looking at somebody who would be like, okay, the voters would be like, well, he did lose to Jokic. Maybe this is the time we just give it to Embiid. But we'll have to see how that pans out. Should we do this in a snake draft kind of way? So you had the first question, I the yep. second, then I do the third. All right. Um, this is an interesting one, actually, because you know what? We've, we've spoken about what the questions will be, but maybe you should go first. Okay. Are you scared? No, no, no. Because the question I have, I think, will, will follow on from yours better than me leading with mine. Okay, Cyrus. Uh, my second question is, are the Suns a real contender or is it just hype about KD? Because um, we've seen it in Brooklyn. So, that's interesting. And I think the difference here is the Suns don't have Kyrie Irving. Oh, the blame game. But continue. So, let's look, let's look at the Nets, right? And I, I think this is the other thing. that I don't think that the issues that the Nets had in trying to win a championship were about KD not performing. Okay. I think it had to do with the way the team was constructed and the other guys, the superstars who were there, who weren't there. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you had the Kyrie issues that were definitely issues and the James Harden issues that were also issues. So I think the first season, because they only played like, what, 26 games together? It's minuscule now. It was terrible, terrible. Especially the three superstars. Mm. And remember, most of uh, a a nice chunk of those games were with a broken Harden. Exactly. He's broken Harden. (laughs) Yeah. The Nets were broken Harden. Yeah. Lord. Nice, K. Nice. <laughs> but, but to that point, I don't think KD was the issue. I think KD was one of the reasons why they were still performing at a high level. And it was also because of KD that they, they, they really ran the Bucks close um, in that game. If K, like they say, if KD's feet were a little bit shorter, well, then Maybe he wouldn't be Kevin Durant. Were a little bit more the correct size. But that's another Those are the shoes he wears, brother man. The other day, like, Those like, are the shoes he wears. Like, like people always talk about that game, but they forget that these guys were swept by the Celtics next the time next around. Season, yeah. so, so I think let's leave the Bucks game alone and, and, and look at a healthy uh, Brooklyn Nets that came that season next and managed with, to Without Harden. Because, I mean, okay, look. The, 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 the three-headed monster was also different to... The, it was gone. They had two, two, two-headed two, monsters. Two, two, two superstars, yeah. So, so I guess, you know, it's, it's all circumstantial and, yeah. and, and, and we can't just say, you know. But look, I'm just going to compare him to one of my favorite stars, mm-hmm. LeBron. Whenever LeBron says, I need help or this should happen, they say, no, you're a superstar, you should carry a team. And I should hold a guy like KD up to the same standards. It, it doesn't matter... You've got players around you who are good. I mean, they're, they're not. Like, they're not like, scrubs. Uh, like they're not scrubs. Like 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 Seth Curry is not Kyrie Irving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Patty Mills is not Kyrie Irving. But still, 
they're not scrubs. So you understand what I'm I mean? going to disagree with you a little bit here, and, and only because you bring in LeBron James. Yeah. And when you say when LeBron James asked for help and they told him to just do it on his own, uh-huh. that's not true. He's gotten help every time he said, I need help. No, I mean, when, during the times when he says, you know, we need to work, because they said, no, you're a leader. Jordan would have done this. Jordan would have no, done no, that. Okay. Jordan I, I, I get a, you in a bunch of scrubs uh, to six champions, which, which is I don't absolute believe. nonsense too. Nonsense. But, but, but you understand what but, I mean? But I like, get you. So, so what you're saying is... everybody to the same so standard. So you're saying, hold KD to the Jordan standard, which was being used for LeBron, yes. um, rather than just letting him, yeah, you like, know, coast just through it. Just saying that no, Brooklyn was a. I mean, l- 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 let's face facts. But, because but, I'm, I'm also being a little bit harsh on him because sometimes I'm that guy when you've got a Joe Harris who's not healthy, a Paddy Mills who's not healthy. You, you know, the, the Nets went the, through it, and they also had coaching uh, issues. The, the, I was gonna say the biggest issue was who was sitting on the bench. So, so yeah, there, there was there, there, they had their issues. I mean. Look, there, there was a time when when Nick Claxton wasn't the Nick Claxton that we know, and you know it, it, it was. It, 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 I, I suppose they had teething issues, and before those teething issues could be addressed, so many other issues crept in that yeah. the band had so, to break up. So some some somehow we've gone off the, the actual question here, oh, yes. and and I know how it was me, but <laughs> the, the thing here is so that's what I'm saying in mitigation. I uh-huh. think that KD. It wasn't all on him, but at the same time, he he must his part in that must be acknowledged. Absolutely. The fact that Brooklyn didn't do the the things they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Now here's the other thing: mm-hmm. Do I think that the Suns are legitimate contenders? Yes. Do I think they'll win it all with him? I'm not sure about that. Primarily because it comes back to health again, right? How healthy will the Phoenix Suns be? Because KD is also struggling with injury stuff. He's also coming back from injury. As was Devin Booker, who just came back recently. Yeah. Chris Paul has had his injury nightmares for his entire career. We're heading to the postseason. What does that mean? The Chris uh, Paul injuries it's the, it's in the, the Chris Paul stage. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's always these things. Yet we spoke about this before. KD gives the Suns an option they don't have, uh, didn't have. They've before, never had before, yeah. right? Where they've got two true scorers on this roster mm-hmm. and somebody who's a table setter. I mean, this is. If you are building from scratch a franchise, that's what you want. Yep. A table setter and two real scoring um, scoring guys. Because can you imagine if all three of them get hot at the same time? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Chris Paul is doing what he does. Devin is hot from range. KD gets hot they from could, everywhere. They could, they could pretty much rain uh, on anybody's parade. So do you think they, 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 they could become a real contender or are we jumping I think, the gun? I think, and this is the other thing. On paper, they are legitimate contenders. Okay. But we haven't seen them play together yet. I do think that they have the chops to do it because remember, KD's played with these guys before for the US men's national team. Uh huh. So it's not like he's never played with a Chris Paul before or a Devin Booker before. Mm-hmm. Um, or even a DeAndre Ayton. Okay, obviously not for the national team. But they would have had some interactions. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that Kevin Durant will know enough of the, uh, about the guys that he's playing with. And he's also versatile enough to fit into any situation. You look at how easily he fit into the, the Warriors and everything just clicked. When he was fit and, and, willing, and able to play in Brooklyn, 
Um, he played well and the team worked well with him. So I think they'll be a contender because Kevin Durant is there. But I do think that health will determine whether or not they go as far as they w- they think that they should. Do you think he's the kind of player who Coach Monte Williams can work with? Oh, definitely. I think Kevin Durant is... He, the weirdness is, I don't think he's a hugely problematic character. I think he wants to win. I think the team knows what all they, they need to do for him. Mm. And so he'll just contribute that way. Okay. But Kounda, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do three more questions. All right, Kondo, we've got three more questions to go. Um, somehow, you didn't quite get the hint I was trying to drop at you. So I'm going to move one of my other questions up um, so that the other questions match. So here's the, the next question for you. After all of the hype, mm-hmm. is there an actual race to the bottom for Victor Wembanyama, or are teams just playing it out to see what happens? Um, I think teams are just playing it out now. You've got, you've got some real contenders. I, I, I think if you asked me to bet on it, I'd say he'll probably wind up in San Antonio. And uh, I, I think that would be a great destination, especially looking at what San Antonio looks like right now. <laughs> yes. and, and I think a Victor Wembanyama in the hands of one of the greatest coaches uh, in the history of the game. Greg will, Popovich, yeah. Will, 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 will become a monster. I mean, you saw what he's done with the likes of David Robinson, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Tim Duncan, uh, Tim Duncan. Uh, even some of the other guys like um, you know, uh, uh, Manu, Manu Ginobili, um, Tony, Tony Parker. Yeah, Tony so, Parker yeah. so you know, uh, give or take what happens between what happened between him and Kawhi. Still, he helped make Kawhi yeah. who he is today, right? And 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 I think I, I think. Teams, because I was expecting some major tanking here. I was expecting Yeah, real, I think that was it. That's why I bring real, this up. Real like, armored vehicles. Like, on 17 on teams just like, oh man, we didn't bring the ball for the game today. But then again, you, you, you look at it and uh, I think the league also wants to remain competitive. And, and I've, mm. I've, I've heard talk of the fact that the, the, there is talk within the association to prevent tanking. Yeah, to, to sort but of it, keep, it's been a thing for keep, a few years. Yeah. You know, because tanking was becoming one of those things like a bad all-star game. But we'll oh. get into that another day. So, so bad. You know, uh, teams were just tanking in order to get that superstar. Because mm. I, I, I think it goes back to when uh, first picks really were either... Well, they become fantastic tradable pieces or they become... Uh, your lifeline in, I will now quote again, LeBron James, what he did for Cleveland. Of course, the first time around, he didn't win a championship with them, but mm. he came back and still won. But he was a phenomenal player when yeah, he arrived. Yeah, and, and he helped take them in his rookie season to the finals. And uh, coincidentally, they were swept by the San Antonio Spurs, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- that kind of thinking, I think... The league doesn't like that because it, it takes away from the competitiveness. Oh, and most definitely. And then teams go there to lose. I mean, imagine Cyrus, you are in your latter years. You've got a couple of years left and you, you want to play competitive basketball before you mm. retire. But the youngsters know that they've got a tank because they want this other youngster to come and join them so they can strengthen the team. It, it must be demoralizing. And, oh, definitely. And, and not only for the fans, not only for the players, but even for the fans. Because, I mean, I, I, there were times that couple of seasons ago i would watch the orlando magic and ask myself why am i even watching i get it you understand I get it. what i mean but, but the, i guess if there wasn't a payoff 
it wouldn't happen, right? Absolutely. Because you mentioned the Magic, they get the number one pick, Paolo Banquero. Mm-hmm. Now he looks like he could be a franchise-changing type of player, yep. and and somebody they could really you know propel themselves forward with, along with you know the likes of Franz Wagner and the, and the, the rest of the members mm-hmm. of that team. Um, so tanking will be here to stay when you reward being bad. Yeah. Um, and obviously they've changed the, the the draft lottery odds and all of that stuff. So you're not guaranteed it, even if you've got the worst record, right? Yeah. Which would be the Houston Rockets. Sometimes the Rockets are just so bad that it doesn't even look like they're tanking. They just look like they've never played basketball. But I think that when you look at the potential um, that these teams have, because to answer the question mm-hmm. um, as well, it doesn't look as if there's been a massive tankathon, right? No, no. It actually looks like the teams that have performed horribly have just been that bad. Yeah. You, you, like the Houston Rockets, Cyrus, what do you really expect from those youngsters? Yeah, and I guess this is the other thing. They don't even it's, have like a franchise player for real. Like who was their franchise player? Eric Gordon? Wow. Like, like, like you know, ask he, yourself he, this he's, question. He's, he's currently residing in Philadelphia. But before um, he left. Yeah, you know, James Harden like, was it. But, but there isn't anybody there after now. After James Harden, you know, I mean, with all due respect, I was even going to say, maybe you might want to bring back Luke Barmuta. But look, Cyrus... <laughs> Why not? The man is a legend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I was like, wow. But, but to your point, and I think this is it, they've gone into what they're calling the developmental season mm-hmm. because they're playing a lot of the youngsters and you're going to lose a lot of games because the young guys are learning to play with each yeah, other. No right? experience, yeah, no experience. But they've got a lot of potential in them. So like a Jalen Green, a Jabari Smith Jr., um, Alperen Shengun. Mm-hmm. These guys are good. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., I think he's still there. These guys are good. Um, and they will get better. But the franchise, if they get Victor Wimbanyama, could be one of the best teams in NBA history if they all develop at the same rate. So mm-hmm. that's the, the thinking behind it. But you look at them, the Rockets have the, the worst record in the NBA. This followed by the Spurs, then the Detroit Pistons, then the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, like for all of us who are out there saying, please, God, don't let Wimbanyama go to Charlotte. Um, San Antonio seems the best place for him developmentally, but all three, four of those um, franchises need a star player to to lead them Absolutely. going forward. Whether it's a is a vet or is a youngster that they bring in at this point. At this point, I guess around. youngsters, yeah. because it's hard to build in a place like Charlotte, for instance, because they don't really have um, a lot of pulling power. They can't pull in a free agent because it's not yeah. a, a, a really attractive destination. Um, and then you look at the guys around them trying to trade for a star player wouldn't necessarily work because they don't really have uh, the, the players somebody else would want in return. Look, and and the picks is another thing. If I look at a Lamelo Ball mm-hmm. and uh, Terry Rozier playing with a Victor Wembanyama, that is not a bad combo. But Terry would be out of there faster than you can say this is fast because they'd have to try and develop people at the same uh, you know rate. Mm-hmm. Terry is not developing. Lamelo and, and Victor would be a good combination, but then it's the other pieces around so them. Gordon that they, Hayward, Terry, they'd Rose be, gone. be gone. Not long for Charlotte, I think. Um, as is, I'm not sure how long they'd be there till the, uh, at the end of the season either. So I think we we've answered the question. We think it's been somewhat played out like like I think about a Utah Jazz who had the opportunity to really blow it up after getting rid of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. yet they still kept winning games and they're still winning games now so it's not like they're trying to like race some to the guys bottom. have stepped up you're, you're Larry Markkinen, Larry Markkinen yeah. <laughs> some guys have stepped up they're like 
I want to be an all-star. And he became an all-star. Exactly. Shout-out no, to young massive shout-out. And, and so you see that. So I think, yeah, we're, the teams who are currently in that sort of bottom four will probably be the guys who get the best chance of drafting Victor Wimbanyama and the other high draft picks uh, in the coming NBA draft. Um, Kaunda, the last two questions. Yes, so let me go. Uh, so I see a lot of movement at, uh-huh. uh, at, you know, at the, 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 the trade deadline. And two of the biggest stars, these are straight up top 10 NBA players right now, in yeah. Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. respect, uh, respectively went to Phoenix and um, uh, Dallas. Dallas, yes. Dallas. Uh, Kyrie went to join uh, one Luka Doncic there. So do you think with those two key pieces moving out of the East, the East goes back to being called the least in conference? So... I'll go to my question after we start answering this because it's kind of linked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's a weird one in the sense that, like, I guess what we're talking about is how many good teams are in the conference, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And and out west, it looks like there's a hell of a lot of of, of good teams because mm-hmm. you've got you know the Nuggets, the 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 Grizzlies, yep. the Clippers, the Warriors, the you know the the, the Suns, the, the Suns, sometimes the Lakers, the Kings. <laughs> like Sacramento these guys are playing, they're playing good basketball. So you look at that and you're like, okay, there's a lot of good teams here. Mm-hmm. Then you look out to the East and you're like, okay, you got the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers, the, the Cavaliers, and then and you have. And then it starts to get a bit iffy. But the thing is, you've got other teams. I mean, like when you had the Nets there, and it was like, okay, fine. So there are four teams that are looking really good. Mm-hmm. But the Knicks are not a great team. But they're, they're like in sixth spot right now. Um, you've got the Heat, who have been blowing hot and cold all season. All they're season, still above man. 500, though, so better than the Warriors. Then you've got the, the Hawks, who are same record as the Warriors, 29 and 30, so below 500. Then the Raptors and Wizards, who are in the play-in places, all of those guys. And you're like, and then the Chicago Bulls in 11th. And, and yeah, so I think, I, don't, I hate the phrase, but the teams just aren't great. And it's not because of like the competition so hot mm-hmm. that, you know, guys are all over the place. But they're just not good teams. Like the Bulls in particular are just not a good team. Um, and, and a team like the Knicks or the Heat. Like right now, the Knicks, the Heat, Hawks, Raptors and Wizards could all be in the playoffs. Yep. Um, you know, come the end of the season. And... Who in those rosters are you thinking, man, this is going to be a great, you know, matchup? So, I think the East has somewhat regressed. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on it, though? Yeah, I, I must agree with you because uh, I felt very happy when the Nets were still strong. Mm-hmm. And then Donovan Mitchell went to the Cavs yeah. and he worked. You know, mm. he has worked. That's yeah, been definitely. One, one trade that you can say, yeah, they definitely need. I mean, I mean, when, when they blew up Sexy Land, I was like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. But Darius Garland going to the Jazz and then, you know. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Donovan Mitchell. Colin Sexton. Oh, Colin to, Sexton, yeah. sorry, going, going to... To, to the to Jazz, the yeah. Jazz and, and uh, because Darius Garland is still, yeah, he's still uh, a at the Cavs. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell winding up there, and he's not the tallest guard either, but they've made it work because and it's working their front really court are uh, really trees. Yeah. And it's working really good, and I think it's a nice combination. That made the East, when I was looking at, you know, we got the Bucks, then we, we got the Sixers, we, we, got, we got the, the mm-hmm. you know, the we, we, we got the Cavs, we got, we, we got Celtics. I, you know, this is really looking good, yeah. and it will give the West some really good contention. Then now, 
there's sort of been a shift in the force, if I may take a Star Wars there's, reference there. There's a shift in the force. <laughs> I, I can feel it, Cyrus. <laughs> and, and then now I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, so we've got Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Cavs. Basically, those are my strong teams yeah. out uh, east. But out west, Cyrus, they, these are a As whole we said, bunch tons of teams of out teams. there. And I'm so, I mean, this is a sidebar of note. Because you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for the Sacramento Kings, Cyrus. Yeah, uh, me too. But it's like, not done yet. I know it's not they, done yet. They need to lock in that playoff appearance. Lock in that playoff appearance, which they look like they might be yeah. able to. To me, it'll be happy for that. I'll yeah. be so happy. I'd, I'd be very happy. I'm a closet Kings fan. I've said this before on the podcast. Absolutely. But, but to your point, and I think this is the thing, that what really is the most telling is this. If you look at, if the, if the season was to end today, Right, and mm-hmm. you look at the matchups, playoff matchups. In the West, you would have the number one seed Nuggets playing um, the number um, eight. eight seed Pelicans. Right, then you'd have the Grizzlies playing the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Those matchups, yeah, you'd bad. be okay yeah. with them, right? The Kings taking on the Mavericks, and the Clippers taking on the Suns. Nice. That's great basketball. You then look. At the Eastern Conference, and you go, you have the Celtics playing the Hawks. Hmm. The Bucks playing the Heat. That actually would be kind of nice. nice. But I do think that the Bucks are stronger than them. The 76ers playing the Knicks, and the Cavs playing the Nets. Walkover. Well, I don't know about the Cavs Nets walkover, but. because the Nets still have some good, uh, like well, a whole I, I, bunch I, I, of good I, I players, just they no get stars. A few nice pieces from 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 the Suns, mm. uh, although they've got no bona fide stars. No, so no superstars. So no, superstars. Oh, no superstars. Yeah, let, let, let's qualify yeah. that. So, so I I think that when you look at it in terms of the matchups, you're likely to watch more Western Conference matchups be more than you are the Eastern Conference matchups, and and that's the telling point. Yeah. So, in line with your question. My last question and the last question for the podcast is this. Do you think the winners of the East will likely be the NBA champions? Ooh. Cyrus, that's that's a tough one because there's too many moving pieces when you get to the finals. There's Mm -hmm. injuries, there's fatigue, there's... All sorts of things, yeah. especially the injury, the health situation, yeah. because sometimes you're only one superstar away from losing it all. True. True. There, there was a time, Loss of a superstar, yeah. There was a time the, 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 the Bucks were taken on the Suns for a championship mm-hmm. and Yanis overextended his knee. Yeah, yeah. And Cyrus, I, I wrote it off. I was like... Oh, that, that happened in the Eastern Conference Finals against the, 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 the Hawks. Against, uh, yeah. The Atlanta Hawks. Uh, yes, sorry. I actually thought the Hawks had a chance now, a fighting mm-hmm. chance to take the East and wind and then up go to the finals. In, in the finals. And then, of course, I think, uh, you know, uh, Yanis might be the real Robocop. Or, well, or he came back. But, but of Kawhi. You look at the rest of the butts. Because <laughs> Kawhi is amazing. He's the Terminator. But but you look at, at the fact that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton still got them through those, mm. that series without Giannis. Um, the Bucks are a good team. Then obviously add Giannis to, back to them in the finals and then they win the championship, right? Absolutely. But I do think this season, it's a bit different though. The Celtics are battle-scarred from having lost in the NBA finals last season. Mm-hmm. They seem to have gotten way better. They've got a lot more depth. 
My man Jalen Brown is balling his socks off. Mm-hmm. Even with the mask of Zorro on, I he know. is playing. That's, that, that's, the, that's, that's the LeBron in Miami mask. But we won't get into that. Okay, if you have to make everything about LeBron, <laughs> this guy. I mean, you know, LeBron posters above your bed should stop at some point. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think the thing is that the Celtics or the Bucks could beat any of the teams who make it out of the West if you look at it from a matchup perspective, right? So let's say, let's say it's the, the Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, right? You, you know, you have like in position, like positionally, there are good matchups all the mm-hmm. way across. Whether you look at like. Um, a Marcus Smart, who's been out injured for quite some time with the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. um, or even, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say Malcolm Brogdon, but the Celtics will be able to throw bodies at somebody like Jamal Murray and be like, okay, not a bad matchup. You then look at it from a center position, and like Robert Williams will need a hell of a lot of assistance from Al Horford to handle Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. but the Celtics would defend well as a team. That's what they do. So when you look at it from that perspective, they should be able to handle defensively and then offensively. Jason Tatum has been incredible. Who, I mean, you're putting him against like an Aaron Gordon um, or even a Michael Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily going to stop him. Um, And then Jalen Brown is another scoring threat that they don't necessarily have an answer for from the Nuggets perspective. So I look at it that way and I say, okay, that matchup would be interesting. You then throw the Bucks into that equation. And now you're like saying, okay, fine. So you're, you're putting Jokic against like Brook Lopez, but it's really Lopez and Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at it from a power forward perspective and then you're like, okay, so who out here in, in Denver is going to take care of Giannis? And there's no real answer for that because Jokic isn't that kind of defender and Giannis has had his way with him a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, then from the guard perspective, Drew Holiday can clamp pretty much anybody. So Drew against Jamal Murray is a good matchup. And Drew is also, he bullies smaller guards because yeah. he's a bit bigger. So he will also be a tough stop uh, in, that, in that space. Then it's the Chris Middleton versus um, Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. You know, that's where things become tricky. So I look at the East and I think they could potentially match. And that's just the Nuggets. When you start going down the line, you're looking at like, let's say, the Grizzlies. And you can sort of see where the matchup might work. Mm-hmm. Um, John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. There aren't too many sp- occasions where those guys will be way better than the opposition in the East. So I think the champion is likely to come from the East this season. So you are sending Larry to the East, even I though so. we're looking at it as the least in conference at the moment. So, so that was exactly it. In the sense that the conference might not be great. Mm-hmm. But the best teams in that conference might be the best teams in the NBA. Wow. Do you agree with that? Uh, no. Uh, I tend to think the winner is going to come from the West. And I think right now, if all things being equal, it could be the season of the Nuggets. Big shout out to Tate. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> Big shout out. <laughs> I think uh, that th- th- this might be that season when uh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy makes its way to Denver, Colorado. And uh, we see a whole new design of ring coming out, and you know, with a is it a pick and shovel or what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen the stuff on their logo and what have you. It, it, the mining equipment, the mining equipment, you know, and, the and the Denver and the and, and the Rocky Mountains. And, and how appropriate would that be? Because it's got diamonds on it with yeah, mining equipment, and apparently they're forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the other thing about it is Mile High City, and they they also uh, legalized some smoke in there. So you know, well, uh, you know, 
But Cyrus, I, I really think that the, the champion is going to come from the West. I know that the defending champion in the West isn't looking too pretty at nope. the moment. But uh, I, I, I kind of think... Well, I don't think Denver... I mean, I, I don't think uh, Memphis has the experience to, 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 to take it all. But I, but I think that the, the, the talent they've got in Denver could, could put up a real good threat to anybody coming out of the East, Cyrus. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, in terms of what you're saying around the Nuggets, um, and and even if it's the Suns who come out of of, of the West, that's a big possibility right, right there. But the moment I saw KD move over, I was like, uh oh. But I look at this and I think Giannis has had to face a KD that had James Harden and and Kyrie Irving. Okay, I think in that matchup they didn't, but he's played against that that sort of KD led super team before, so yeah, he won't be had, afraid. I think they had James Harden and KD mm. at that time. That's the I, I just foot, can't remember if, if was Harden not injured. But anyway, he, he was playing off one leg. That was yeah, the narrative. So, so you know, you you have that. But you know, the Bucks will look at this and say, Chris Middleton also just coming back from injury. He's a, he's a good player. He can handle mm-hmm. himself. And, but he's healthy. And, and Middleton Pretty versus better. like a, a you know um, Devin Booker would be a crazy matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Durant versus uh, Giannis would be insane. DeAndre Ayton versus Brook Lopez, also interesting matchup. Then Drew Holiday versus Chris Middleton, we've seen that before. Yeah, also a great matchup. So they'll look at that. Then you start looking at the benches, and then that's where things get interesting because the Bucks can say, "Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. you were a son. You know what it's like in this arena. Come yeah. on, do your thing." They've also got uh, Wes Matthews. They've got um, Pat Connaughton who plays for them. He's not necessarily sens- uh, like a sensational player. But they've also got jingling Joe Ingles, who they can also call upon. So I look Why at that are you forgetting Bucks. Bobby Portis? No, no, I was leaving him for last. I, I was waiting for him. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm leaving him for last because he's the working class, blue collar. Yes, Straight I'm a up. lead us to the victory kind of player. And Bobby Portis can go man to man with just about anybody. Yep. Now, I'm not saying the Suns don't have players. But I look at the Bucks and I think the Bucks look at this and, and they say, our roster ain't bad, bro. No, it ain't bad at all, Cyrus. But still, my foot stays down. And you I think the winner's coming from the West? The winner's coming from the wild, wild West. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, well, I am. <laughs> there, I did it. Um, we'll, we'll just go uh, and believe what we're going to believe. I think uh, there might be a betting company who could uh, re- facilitate a bet or two around this. Um, but I, think, I do think the, the winner of the NBA is going to come from the Eastern Conference this season. Okay. Um, it's going to be interesting. But there's one thing we can count on, though, Kanda. Great basketball. Great NBA basketball. We're going to have to leave the podcast right there, though. Um, yeah, we've come to the end of it. Let's mm-hmm. give everybody our social media handles yet again. It's the at Post Up Podcast on Twitter, at mm-hmm. Post Up Zone on Instagram, and at Post Up Zone on Facebook. For all things NBA from an African perspective, this is the Post Up Podcast. Counter Chama, it's been real. It's been more than real, Cyrus. Uh, Always great chatting basketball and arguing about NBA performances with you on a weekly basis. It's what we do best. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Thank you, Hardy Dawes, for also making an appearance. Um, (laughs) We love you. Uh, No, we don't really, Hardy Dawes. But we love you for listening, everybody. And make sure you look after each other and enjoy the NBA basketball. We will catch you courtside. (laughs) 